This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today. It is week eight in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network, delivered by Domino's. I'm Andy McNamara. Big show today, folks. Lots going on. My goodness, we got player releases, coaches being fired. Glenn Suter from the CFL on TSN will join me, as will Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. We'll get into some fantasy picks and go over all the top news. Also, special behind the helmet with Jamal Westerman from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So we'll talk with the big defender and get to know him a little bit better. Uh, let's, let's first start, though, with the performers of the week. And this isn't the official CFL, and these are, are my performers of the week coming off of Week 8, where, uh, let's face it, it, you saw the Ticats remain winless. The Edmonton Eskimos remain undefeated. 33-28, Edmonton took down Hamilton. That was on Friday. Uh, the early game that week, 33-30, Winnipeg with a last-second field goal over Ottawa. Week 7 kicked off. Calgary Stampeders 41-24 over Toronto. Ricky Ray went down with that shoulder injury. And then Saskatchewan getting doubled up by BC 30-15 to to cap off Week 7. But I'm going first. And he, kickers, and listen, Rich Eisen said it. Kickers are people too. And Justin Money Medlock does it again. Blue Bombers kicker went 6 of 7, including the buzzer beater to defeat the Ottawa Red Blacks. So yeah. I'm giving it to a kicker. And what that does is it allows the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to keep pace in that razor-thin West Division when it comes to dominance. Eskimo 6-0, Calgary 5-1-1, BC 5-2, Winnipeg now 4-2 with a game in hand on both BC and Calgary. And that's why when you look at having a, a reliable kicker, they're taken for granted, right? But Medlock has kicked successfully in so many big situations, so many important game scenarios. I'm giving it to the kicker. Justin Medlock, one of my performers of the week. The next one, not necessarily the biggest stat line, although he did rush for over 100 yards, but from, from a next man up perspective, Edmonton Eskimos running back, Ladarius by God Perkins, 105 yards on 19 carries, five and a half yards per carry, rumbled off a long one of 24. No scores. But for Perkins, the reason I'm giving him a lot of credit, he had a couple catches too, is because he wasn't the first on the depth chart. He wasn't the second. He wasn't even the third. He was. We were down to option three, four, five in the Eskimos running back backfield. And Perkins stepped in and looked like a seasoned pro and seized the opportunities. And that's what this Edmonton Eskimos club has done all year. They've lost, what, 20-something players or starters to injury at one point or another. And you just keep, John White goes down. And you just keep going down the list. Perkins gets called up from the practice roster and delivers and is able to keep that balanced attack for Edmonton that allows Mike Riley to do what he does. And by the way, he popped up 317 yards, two touchdowns, no picks at a 76.3% completion rate. Like Mike Riley's playing unreal. But I want to give it to Perkins just because of the scenario and the circumstances that he had to overcome to come in and play big. By the way, if you listen to myself and Scott Cullen last week for your fantasy roster, you popped in Perkins as I did. Nice little payout for not a lot of money on your salary 
cap there in the TSN CFL fantasy game. We'll get to more fantasy talk with Scott Cullen a little bit later on. Uh, my last player of the week, Bo Levi Mitchell. Member of the Behind the Helmet alumni. Bo Levi, check this out. Now, didn't throw for 300 yards. You might think, Andy, not 300 yards. Three touchdowns, zero picks, just under 80% completion in the drubbing of the Toronto Argonauts. Just under 80%. That is sick. 19 of 24, able to, again, have that balanced attack like Edmonton, but they're going with a much higher pedigree running back in Jerome Messam. Scored a touchdown, 76 yards, but Bo Levi Mitchell continues to impress and be efficient, but you can see where he it, when he has to step up, he can. A couple weeks ago when Jerome Messam was rolling along for what, 100-plus yards, back-to-back 100-plus yard rushing games. Uh, Mitchell didn't have to do that much. But when you need him to, he can. And that's the danger of this Calgary offense. They can strike in so many different ways, but don't rely on one particular player or one particular facet of their game. Where for the Argos and Ricky Ray, for example, it's all it's all passing. It's all passing. right? 80% of the playbook is passing. Ricky Ray went down with that shoulder injury. We'll have to track. It's going to be a, a day-to-day type of basis. Went through a walkthrough. Did some light throwing. Is he going to start against Montreal? Very important game Friday night. East Division first game of a home-and-home. Home. Or is it going to be a Cody Fajardo? We're going to get into that and a whole lot more as the show goes on. But yeah, Bo Levi Mitchell gets the third performer of the week. Okay, let's hit the Blitz. Okay, with the Blitz, the news of the week, we got to start, and maybe we'll finish, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Defensive coordinator, Coach Jeff Reinbold, out as Hamilton defensive coordinator. Gone. The Ticats still winless. Lost again to the Edmonton Eskimos, 33-28. Their two best games this season have come against the, the undefeated Eskimos. So you had the best team in the CFL record-wise versus the worst record-wise. So Coach Reinbold relieved of his duties. Now he might come back in some sort of advisory role that's been put out there apparently. Uh, that's That's been, been undecided to this point. But Coach Reinbold, uh, on a personal note, I know Reinbold, great guy. Amazing coach, but but the, the person he is, the energizing, the inspiration, just having a conversation with Coach Reinbold, you come out of there and you're ready to run through a wall for the guy. So I understand with the Ticats, you're winless, something's got to give. You brought in assistant head coach June Jones the other week, and Reinbold's the odd man out. Okay. But this wasn't a case where you had a crusty guy and players, all right, now, now we get somebody easy in or, or more upbeat. You'd be hard-pressed to find a more likable coach that players want to play for than Coach Reinbold. So to say this might add a spark or a kick in the butt, uh, I I don't know, maybe. But you're not having a situation in Hamilton where it's, all right, let's get this guy out of there. You lose your your energizer, your, your inspiration that you get from a Jeff Reinbold. So I think it's... Listen, they had to do something. The personnel is what it is. The secondary is not very good in Hamilton. But you lose Jeff Reinbold. And then, on top of all that, uh, the Ticats make some some personnel changes, too. And now that's that's not surprising, but uh, the Ticats release 
Wide receiver, Kevin Elliott. Quarterback, Logan Kilgore. Defensive back, Ethan Davis. And O-lineman, Quintarius Eatman. Also released Tony Washington. Big-bodied guy. Yeah, tail end of his career, I think. But he was released by Edmonton. Ticats are bringing him in. Um, as well as Carriel uh, Brooks and uh, Mike McAdoo and receiver Gerald Robinson added to the Ticats roster. So mixing things up, Kevin Elliott with the, the Argos a year ago. Big body. Really like the physical stature of Kevin Elliott. Hasn't been able to stick, though. So the Ticats making personnel moves, and they're making coaching moves. Uh, that brings me to my, my poll question here, at AndyMC81 on Twitter, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. What's going to happen first? That the undefeated Edmonton Eskimos lose, or the winless Hamilton Tiger Cats get a, get a win? So what will happen first? Eskimos lose, or Ticats with a W? You can vote at andymc 81 on Twitter. We got a uh, reply back here already. And it's from um, uh, uh, Jimmy here. It says, uh, given the recent shakeup and Eskimos players dropping, wouldn't be surprised to see both happening this week. Could be. Right? Could be. It's, for the Eskimos, it's kind of like you're, you're waiting for... The clock to hit midnight on the Cinderella story. They've lost so many players, and they keep doing it. They keep pulling it out. Now, they play the Ottawa Red Blacks. The Red Blacks, hungry. And it, it's, a, it's a case where I keep saying each week, all right, well, the Red Blacks, they're, they're in, a, in a spot. You can see positivity. You can see signs, and they're going to turn it around. End of the day, they're 1-5-1, five and one, and the Ticats are one win away from being right back in this division despite being 0-6. Montreal's only 2-4. and four. They have four points. Hamilton's not out of this thing by a long shot, which is crazy. Neither's Ottawa. And the Argos sit at three and four. Very important home and home with the Argonauts and the Montreal Alouettes. So will the Eskimos fall to Ottawa this week? Can the Ticats returning home? Right, you're gonna have the home crowd. Coaching changes, personnel changes, nothing major, major, but you're switching some bodies. Hosting the Winnipeg Jets. And the Jets, as I said, Justin Medlock, boom. A big left foot. And Matt Nichols has been balling out too. You got Andrew Harris, who wasn't utilized as much. That's a great opportunity for him to get back on track in the Winnipeg backfield. So what's going to happen first? Ticats win or the Eskimos lose at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Now, you have the Eskimos who are undefeated. You have the Calgary Stampeders who put up another 40-burger and are if not the most dangerous offense in the CFL, they might be the most well-balanced at 5-1-1. One, and one. So who's the best team in Alberta? And then, then you say, well, really, the best team in Alberta is probably the best team in the CFL. Well, the CFL-TSN panel with Rod Smith, Milt Stiegel, and Matt Dunnigan ask and answer just that question. Here's Rod Smith. Okay, gentlemen, we can safely say the best team in the CFL right now is from Alberta, but Milt... Which team is it? Uh, the Calgary Stampeders. Ooh. I know the Edmonton Eskimos are undefeated, 6-0, and playing well. But the Calgary Stampeders, over their last three games, since they lost to Montreal, they outscored their opponents 128-35, to Matt. The best team three, in the CFL. No, just because you say it loud doesn't mean it's right. I can tell you this. I can <laughs> yes, tell it you, does. No, it does. I can tell you this. You made the point for me. 
Eskimos are 6-0. and They've got 18 people on the six-game oh, injured list. So they are getting quality time for a lot of backups, which is going to make them be better down the road. They're undefeated. Are you kidding me? They got the best they defense meet. in the Wait league. They they're meet. flying around, and they're doing it with literally second-teamers. Well, the Stamps just crushed another team from the east, the Toronto Argonauts, who lead the way still despite the record of 3-4. and four. But Ricky Ray could be out for a while. That being the case... Who is the top team in the East now? I'm going with Montreal. Why? Because mm. of Darian Durant and that defense and a well-balanced offensive attack. I like this football team. They could be a lot better as far as their record's concerned, and they need to finish close games to learn how to do that, mad. and they're very no. dangerous with the Darian Durant. If the Tiger – no, I'm just joking. I'm oh. just joking. Yeah. If the Montreal Alouettes, and I say that okay. because their defense is playing great ball. Yeah, they didn't play so great that last game, and Darian Durant, mm. he's playing consistent football now. He doesn't need to play great with that great defense. He just need to be consistent and I me, think he can do what that. What scares me about all the teams in the East is the backup quarterbacks. We're fixing to see what the Toronto Argonauts are made of with theirs. Mm. But Milt, Ottawa's 1-5-1 and one and the please, point differential please. is minus 8. They're so close. They're still 1-5-1. I knew you were going to say that. Aren't you? Well, how about this? Receiving cores. BC adds Chris Williams. Looks pretty darn good against Saskatchewan. What is the best receiving core in the CFL? The BC Lions. They, even if they didn't have Chris Williams, they would be the no. best. But now they added him. They are the best. Arsenal. He's playing great. And he's not 100%. Nick Moore, Burnham, all those guys are balling out. They're benefiting off of Chris Williams being there. So they're, they're playing some great football. Milton, you know, I've been saying this to Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and I'm getting off of that right now. You know why? <laughs> because they're not producing consistently. Where the BC Lions have been doing it from week to week with two different quarterbacks. You had Chris Williams, and there's no question in my mind the best receiving core in the CFL right now is the BC Lions. All right, that was Rod Smith, Milt Stiegel, and Matt Dunnigan on the CFL and TSM panel. We'll take the break. On the other side, it'll be Glenn Suter. Always a beauty from the CFL on TSN. You're listening to CFL Weekly, delivered by Domino's. Visit dominoes.ca today for all their great carryout and online orders. You're listening across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara, and we are delivered by Domino's. Guys, choose any medium feast pizza right now for just $10.99, or you can go to the mix and match menu, $7.99 each. You can get eight-piece boneless chicken, pastas. The pastas are so good. Dessert. Chicken wings, and of course, pizza. That and much more at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Check them out for all their online and carryout specials. All right, I chatted with Glenn Suter, CFL on TSN commentator, a little bit earlier. And I began the conversation by asking him about, well, the Toronto Argonauts uh, injury situation to Ricky Ray. You know, exactly. I mean, that is the, the main storyline going in and whether or not he can play. And if he can play... Uh, he, you know, will know that going in a few days out so that, you know, because he'll have to take some reps in practice. Um, if not, Cody Fajardo is, uh, you know, gets an opportunity and maybe Ricky is, 
is dressed on the sideline in a real emergency situation uh, with a limited play package if he's restricted by that shoulder. But that is the main storyline going mm-hmm. in. We'll see uh, if he's good to go. Right. And now what I was going over in my mind here, Glenn, was, okay, third string on the depth chart, you have Jeff Matthews. Got some starting experience with the Hamilton Ticats in 2015 when Zach Claris went down. Did okay. Coming out of Cornell, very cerebral guy. Yep. Smart guy, knows the game. Um, has the body type, and I think the game plan would be similar to Ricky Ray, more so than a Cody Fajardo, who's more of a runner, at least at this point. Yeah, true, but I think there's a process here. I mean, you know, whether it's you start in training camp and mm. it's everything that they do on the field, everything they do in the meeting rooms, um, they're evaluated, uh, how they're handling the team, how they're managing the offense, the learning curve that's involved with the new system, and all those things are all calculated and added up, and that's how they get their pecking order of starter, second team, third team. And, uh, you know, I I don't think you start to speculate as a coach thinking, you know, it's unless they're they're not really defined number two and number three, unless you're looking at a game plan situation where depending on the opponent, Hmm. you play one or the other. But I don't think that's been the case in Toronto. I think Cody Fajardo is number two, and... And if Ricky can't go, it'll be him to start the game at least. And you do have a a relatively experienced third-string guy if you need to go to Jeff Matthews. In conversation with Glenn Suter from the CFL on TSN on Twitter, at Glenn Suter. Uh, Glenn, looking back at Week 7 here, you had the undefeated Edmonton Eskimos versus the winless Hamilton Ticats. And just like two weeks prior, the Ticats gave Edmonton a run for their money. Severely depleted Edmonton team that keeps winning. Uh, what do the Ticats have to do to get a win here off of that nasty 60-1 to loss with Calgary? They came close again. It just seems like they, they can't catch a break. Yeah, they're they're battling, but they've you know they've got to um, first of all, I I believe get a little more aggressive on defense. Um, looked like at times they were playing off and giving Rick, um, Mike Riley lots of room and his receiving core lots of room. I I made a comment in the game that it felt like Edmonton was slant routing them to death, just mm. like the three steps off the line and slant over the middle and just quick hitters that. Um, you know, picked up six, seven each time and moved the chains, and they got those real long drives. I mean, 70, 80-plus drives. Then they get behind, and then they have to change their game plan. And I thought Zach Caleros did everything in his power. He almost willed that one uh, to come from behind and, and have a chance there at the end. Interesting how it all sort of wrapped up with the lock of um, a challenge by Kent Austin right, right after the rules were yeah. changed. And to manage those challenges. I mean, even, you know, Mark Tressman used his in the first quarter, I believe, in the Argo game. So that was a surprise. And it was a surprise when Jason Moss used his early, too. Oh, well, yeah. And for, for Edmonton, um, the way that, that they've been able to, to go through this season so far. And we just yeah. see, like, like the, the running back, it was, it's not just by committee, it's almost by body now. Like, it's, okay, who's, who's available? And, and they keep producing. Like, what's, what's been able, in your mind, to, to have Edmonton have so much success despite having to overcome so much? Well, it starts with good leadership. And, and at quarterback, you know, Mike Riley is as good as it gets in that regard. I mean, he, he is, the, is the stir that stirs the drink and and make sure that whomever is in the receiving core at running back uh ladarius perkins in this case who who was the third string guy Mm -hmm. um and coming off the practice roster 
um, you know, he, he makes sure that they're ready to play. He holds them accountable. When you talk to Mike Riley's teammates, they'll say, you know, one of the great leaders in the game that they've all worked with, but also demanding of them, uh, demanding to push them to make sure they understand the playbook. And if they're one of those practice roster guys, they're ready uh, to step in and contribute. Um, you know, they have lost 20 starters wow. of the 24 on offense and defense. I've never seen anything like it in every position except quarterback, and I'll knock on wood, uh, for because no one likes to see quarterbacks go down, but um, except quarterback, every single position, running backs, they're down to third. They've lost receivers, including Adarius Bowman, their number one guy. They've lost O-linemen, a few of them, D-linemen, uh, linebackers and DBs. I mean, in every position group, they've lost players and had to substitute guys off the practice roster, and yet they're perfect on the season. So, I think it starts with leadership, the way they prepare, uh, the way they prepare their backup guys and practice roster guys. They're getting reps. They're active. They've got to be. Well, Glenn, you, we said for week eight, you start Toronto, Montreal, then head out to Saskatchewan on the Sunday for the rematch, the home and home BC Lions at the Rough Riders. So this past weekend, Lions doubled up Saskatchewan 30 to 15. And let's begin with, with Saskatchewan here. So inconsistent. You have Kevin Glenn one week, you're like, all right, hey, Kevin Glenn, 300-plus yards, boom. Then you got a 186, no touchdowns, two interceptions. That's kind of been, I guess, what Kevin Glenn's been kind of up and down through his career. But where where are you at with the Rough Riders this season after that slow start? Well, they're not quite there yet, I don't think. You know, they're just just not quite ready to, uh, you know, be in with the big dogs in the West. And, uh, they're sort of scratching on the outside. They're, they they do show signs of improvement. Their defense is giving up fewer passing yards. They have less of the big bus in the back end, the secondary, where they're given a an offense a free one for 80 yards and a touchdown, that kind of thing. They're they're they've eliminated those those big huge plays, and they're better on defense, but still not not understanding. I think when that sense of urgency needs to be there. I, I think the great teams know when this play coming up is one of the most important in the game. I I go back to the BC-Saskatchewan game, and just before the end of the third quarter, Travis Lule, they were up by, I think it was 19-0, and Travis Lule had the ball on his own three- or four-yard line on second and long, second and 14. And I made the, the comment that this is the play that if Saskatchewan is going to sort of cut the boots off their jammies, it's going to be right now. Yeah. You know, and, and they've got to make this play right now and then capitalize on it with a major. And now it's 19-8, and you're back in the game on the road against the BC Lions, and maybe they start to tighten up a little bit. Those are the key moments in games, and the good teams know and make most of those plays. And did you see Brian Burnham? I mean, he goes up in double coverage oh. and, and rips it out of the hands of a defender to make the big play, get him out of the hole, the BC Lions you know, they, they take it from there. So that's that's what the, the riders, I think, are missing, that sort of sense of urgency when those big plays are presenting themselves. And let's let's talk about the BC Lions here. Um, wow. Travis Lule. Like, I think, Glenn, this has to be story of the year so far with the CFL. You have a guy, 2011 MOP, multiple injuries, off the bench and keeps doing what he's doing. And a tremendous leader, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and an unselfish guy. I yeah. mean, I, I do a lot of speaking engagements to young football players across the country, especially in the offseason. And I'm going to use Travis Lule 
as a great example of how to be an outstanding teammate and how important that is in the game of football. Because, you know, he could have, when he was healthy at the big, in the offseason this year, could have gone to Wally Buono and said, look, I, I know you've got John Jennings, but I want a team that I can lead. So you've got to kind of let me go or make a trade or do what you have to do so that I can move on and take a starting job somewhere or at least compete for one because John Jennings is the guy here. So, you know, he doesn't do that. He helps Jennings. He mentors Jennings. He wants to be prepared when he gets his opportunity, if he does. And he got it and has taken full advantage of it. I, You know, it, it is the classic example of an unselfish player who has become a mentor and yet still has a lot of great football left in him. This receiving core in BC, too, Watch out. Those guys together with Chris Williams now oh, in the boy. lineup. I mean, Javon Johnson had great technique on that first deep ball in the early in the first quarter, and he's a veteran corner, and Chris Williams just flat-out ran by him. And I thought, <laughs> there's not many in the league that can just say, I'm not going to trick you or double move you or anything like that. I'm just going to run faster than you are. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, nothing fancy. Just, hey, watch me go by you. Yeah, yeah, just, and and probably tells DBs too. I mean, he's not a trash talker, yeah, but he could. He, he, you know, he probably could tell the corner. You know what? I'm gonna just run a straight go route. So what's up? You gotta, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you could try and run with me if you want, but so but he just adds like he opens up space and he adds uh, another dimension to that that um, passing game for the BC Lions. And I think that John Jennings will be ready this weekend and probably starts in Saskatchewan. And if they go one more week, he will start when he is 100%. Hmm. Um, because I think they'll go back to Jennings. He's the starter, and that's his role. And Travis Ule has, has done very well as the backup coming off the bench when he's needed and winning games. Boy, it would get real interesting, though, if Jennings comes in and a couple starts. They struggle, though. Hey, I've started two controversies already. I'm yeah. going to start that one as well. When I said when I said in the Saskatchewan game on the air that well now with Brandon Bridge throwing two late touchdown passes, you know that everyone in Saskatchewan is saying give Brandon Bridge a try. Oh. Well, Kevin Glenn, Kevin Glenn looks right into our camera like he could hear me and says, "Oh, I know the guys at TSN are talking about a quarterback controversy." Oh. <laughs> so. You know, and hey, it it is that discussion has begun. Now, I'm not saying they should make that change now, but um, you know, maybe there's a package for Brandon Bridge. Maybe there's, hmm. a, you know, a, a, a time in the game, maybe second quarter, where you throw him in for a series or two and let Kevin Glenn watch from the sideline and get a, an athletic quarterback to run a different sort of play package to keep a defense off balance. I'm I'm not sure, but I've. We've got the uh, quarterback controversy discussion started in Saskatchewan, and hey, why not do it in BC? Why not, Glenn? Thank you so, <laughs> thank you so, so much for taking the time. Have a great couple of games this weekend. Yes, that was Glenn Suter on Twitter at Glenn Suter. You can catch him there from the CFL on TSN. Okay, we'll take the break. On the other side, some CFL team power rankings and some CFL TSN. Fantasy tips don't go anywhere. TSN.ca's Scott Cullen joins me after the break. Here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. This is your inside look at the Canadian Football League. CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara on the TSN radio network. Delivered by Domino's. Visit Domino's.ca today. 
Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. And guys, you can get that medium feast pizza deal right now at Domino's.ca for just $10.99 or a four-topping large pizza for $11.99. Check out all their online order specials and carryout specials at Domino's.ca. You can give me a follow on Twitter as well at AndyMC81. All right, time for CFL Team Power Rankings and some fantasy tips for your CFL TSN team. TSNs.ca. Scott Cullen on the line. Scotty, how are you? I'm awesome. How you doing, Andy? Doing good, man. Doing, you know what? So uh, we'll swing around quickly the team power rankings. Uh, not a, a lot of changes. Uh, it, it's Listen, Edmonton's at the top, I guess, right? And Hamilton's at the bottom. You got the uh, undefeated and the winless, and they played each other, and it stayed the same. Yeah, well, you know, I still I'm holding Calgary at the top, my man. Andy. You're yeah. gonna you're but, gonna keep them up there, Scotty. You're bold. You're bold. Well, but they, I mean, look, their win, their win at Toronto was still yeah. very decisive. It's true. And, like, look, I, I, it, to me, the the results last week almost, uh, you know, for once validated the rankings. And that <laughs> all the teams that were expected to win did. Right. Um, and kind of the only the only real question coming out of the week was whether or not Ricky Ray was uh, you know going to be alive and, and able to play. Uh, moving forward, and kind of uh, as as we get into the week, it, it appears that the the Argos are going to give him a chance to play um, this week, and so I'm I'm not going to ding the Argos uh, for for the quarterback situation uh, at least until we find out more. Uh, and so, look, I mean Edmonton, you know they they're they're playing great, uh, but they also had you know I would say a relatively mild or moderate win over Hamilton, mm-hmm. a, a team that we've been sort of bemoaning every week. So um, th- that's that's not enough for them to take over Calgary, who kind of came into Toronto and kicked the Argos around. Right. And, and yeah, depending what happens with Ricky Ray, is going to make all the difference in the world, but that'll have to wait for, for the next week there. Uh, BC Lions uh, doubling up Saskatchewan. And, and yeah, as you said, the teams that were supposed to won or win did. Um, so I think this is a fascinating week. Scotty getting into the fantasy football rosters. And, hey, again, if people are listening to us, you pick Ladarius Perkins. I picked that guy up, the Edmonton Eskimos, what, fifth, sixth-string running back, and he put up 105 yards. I think he was at a $2,500 value. He's up a little bit uh, this week, though. Uh, for for a value buy still, are you rolling with Perkins? Well, he's as long as he's going to keep getting the carries, for sure. If you're getting, if you're getting guys that, um, you know, they're going to give you starters – um, role in the backfield, and mm-hmm. uh, at that kind of price, I think it, it's pretty tough to beat him. Um, I mean, there were there were a few guys last week, like Roy Finch for for Calgary. I mean, he's obviously not playing this coming week, but he kind of had one of these weeks where, as a return guy, he had a, a big 103 yard return for a touchdown. So you always kind of seek out uh, guys like that. But I think Perkins is, is a guy, you know, kind of coming off the practice squad and. Um, and to be a, a productive player for for Edmonton, and I mean, goodness, the desperation the Eskimos just keep rolling through these running backs. Um, but you know, the opportunity is there, and and if um, you know, if you're looking for a guy who's going to fill in and be cheap, Perkins is one. Uh, I still have sort of a, a soft spot, I would say, for Tyron Thorpe, mm-hmm. uh, the receiver in Winnipeg. Uh, he's still running at 2,500 bucks, but um, you know, they're getting the ball a lot to him in his uh, you know, his first. What three three games he has twenty catches. Uh, now he hasn't scored any touchdowns yet, but you know the fact that they're getting him the ball that often uh, sort of lead, leads me to be optimistic about what he could provide for them. Uh, you know for the rest of the season. 
Now, Scotty, in your uh, CFL Fantasy Heroes and Zeros article that people can find on tsn.ca or the link uh, on Twitter at TSN Scott Collin, you have Jeremiah Johnson, a BC running back. Now, I picked him up 12 points, which is fine, but he's pricey and was vultured a little bit this week. So where, where are you moving forward with him? Like, it's tough because you, 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 you know – that he can be there, but when you get to to the price point, is there a better value? That's, well, uh, I think that's the issue, right? Is yeah. it, like it, it's really efficient of Jeremiah Johnson to give you 112 yards on 12 touches. Like that's that's very productive. But in, as you say, like he didn't get all the touches. You know, no. Shaquille Murray Lawrence kind of came in, and look, part of this I think has to do with BC jumps out to a 30 nothing lead. Um, you know, you can call the dogs off a bit, yeah, uh, and you don't need you don't need the starters in uh, you know the whole time. But then Murray Lawrence came in and was really productive. You know, 55 yards and a touchdown, um, and that you know might lead you to to kind of shy away from investing on Jeremiah Johnson. And, and look, that's the. I think the real challenge on on any of these running backs is if you're going to invest kind of you know big running back money on, on a player, it has to be a guy who's really going to get the touches. Like a, it, it's easy to do it, say with somebody like Messam mm-hmm. uh, in Calgary, who you, you can kind of rely on most weeks unless he's getting ejected. He's <laughs> a guy who get who gets you know the heavy part of the workload, but a lot of the 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 other runners, you kind of have to be careful from week to week to make sure they are the guy. Um, the team is going to rely on so i mean in terms of cost i would probably avoid jeremiah johnson um but that's you know really not a reflection of him it's more a reflection of uh kind of the risks of the position right workload and cost almost eighty two hundred dollars to your yeah. salary cap on tsn um dot ca and and with the cfl fantasy game now uh anytime we know this season until the tiger cats prove us wrong uh, their opponent, there there seems to be value. So I, I, let's stick with running back for a minute. Andrew Harris, uh, the Ticats, they're changing defensive coordinators. Is that going to be uh, an inspiration or not? We don't know. Now, Harris coming off of a down week, just 4.3 fantasy points rushing and two receiving. So it's a down week, but we know he can pop. And, boy, you're not going to have a better chance than against this, this Ticat defense right now. Probably. Right, and and the fact that Harris is coming off a bit of a down week might help that his might help his cost just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he he's been a pretty reliable uh, contributor for for Winnipeg, and as you say, the, this uh, Hamilton team has uh, been struggling all season. And even if they you know, yes, they're making a change at defensive coordinator, I can't imagine that in the the first week under a defensive coordinator that all of a sudden the results will be dramatically better. Maybe they will be, but I think if you're you know, if you're a betting man, you you would say that yeah, Andrew Harris has a pretty good chance to uh, put up some numbers against uh, the Tiger Cats this week. And, and that's what people forget too. Like, okay, you can change the coach, but if the players are the same, there's only <laughs> there's only <laughs> so much. You magic, can what kind of magic is the coach supposed to cook up there? That's, uh... Exactly, especially when you had an inspirational guy like uh, like Jeff Reinbold. Now, Scotty, I wanted to get your take on these BC receivers. So many mm-hmm. weapons, but this is tricky because. All right, are you spending your wide receiver money on Chris Williams, who came in and looked great? Okay, what about week two, Emmanuel Arsenault? Like, when it comes to the BC, or Brian Burnham, of course, with the Lions receivers, is there someone you're leaning towards? Because they're they're not that expensive. You have kind of the the 5,500 to 6,500 range with those three I just mentioned. Yeah, well, and and there's also Nick Moore, who is is yeah. a decent option, but he's he's struggled recently, you know, and and I think it, it gets harder for Moore uh, going forward with Williams kind of getting into that mix. I think the guy who I you know tend to like out of this group is Burnham, 
Um, but he, you know, he's kind of gone up and down this year. Where he's had some huge games and then has, you know, some not some not so big games. And um, I, I'd probably based on the price, I would probably be inclined to leave Burnham. But I think Williams probably holds the upside. Um, you know, and I guess you're paying for that upside uh, based on his price this week is almost sixty five hundred dollars. Um, but you know, Chris Williams um, is back in in the lineup and he's a proven deep threat in the league and the guy who put up. Uh, has put up good numbers in the past. So, you know, I, I can certainly justify investing in Chris Williams if that's where you're uh, prepared to go. But I think if, if I'm given the choice of, of BC's top receivers right now, I'm, I'm inclined to go with Burnham, um, kind of based on price and, um, and and I guess the uncertainty over which one of these guys is really going to emerge. And, and maybe we, here's the thing is that, Whichever one emerges with Travis Lulee at quarterback may not be the one who ultimately has the most value uh, when Jonathan Jennings comes back. You know, like, yeah. I think there, this is really something that's going to you're going to have to watch week to week and kind of see how they play this out in BC because you know if Lulee, you know, say he and Chris Williams really you know form some kind of bond here over the next little while, well. Jennings may come back and all of a sudden Arsenal is his guy or Burnham is his guy. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards Burnham at this point, but maybe I'm leaning there because the cost is a little bit more favorable. Last one for you here, Scotty quarterback. And again, Mike Riley, most expensive at 14,000 and you got to bounce. Ju- I think that's justified. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but again, that eats up so much of it your is. salary cap. So, pricey. so, so how do you, how do you bounce it? Is there value? elsewhere like again i'm gonna go i think for the blue bombers to the hamilton side matt nichols another 300 yard plus game but the touchdown uh uh, put out or output isn't always there and and he's i think he's raised himself a bit above our our uh game manager title but (laughs) but but still he's under eleven thousand. is is he gonna get me the points i need this week yeah that's a that's a question like it i i'm I I know when Nichols comes off one of these big games that you, you start to get tempted and, and look and if I'm if I'm digging some of his receivers like Tyron Thorpe and, and Langford had big play for him last week like if some of these guys are, are making plays for him then certainly Nichols is an option if I'm looking at this week's prices though like Travis Lule is a couple hundred dollars more than Matt Nichols hmm. and if that's the case Lule has been very productive. Um, and, and I know he's, you know, going on the road to Saskatchewan, which probably isn't as favorable as going to Hamilton. But I don't know. I, I would, if I have to just pick between those two, I'd probably lean towards Lule. And um, you know, I think if you're really looking for value at quarterback, I mean, I'd be interested to see, um, you know, could could Zach Caleros um, come well come back? Because like, look, last week was a good game. It was yeah, basically his first you know, really productive fantasy game of the, of the season. Um, and, you know, at home against Winnipeg, Winnipeg's D hasn't been, you know, a dominant force or anything to this point. So could Caleros, you know, give you a decent game at a much better price? Like he's $8,400. Like that's a, a, a real bargain. Um, but, I mean, the, that's, I think the, the quarterback position is dicey whether you want, whether you, want to take a more proven guy like I, my my favorite choice this week is Trevor Harris because I think you know whether win or lose he's probably going to put up some decent numbers um and and I think you end up in a in a tough spot with, whether you go for a really proven guy like Riley who's really expensive or then you head to the other end of the spectrum where you try somebody <laughs> like Caleros who's really cheap and so I think you end up finding somewhere in in the middle um where you can get you know somebody who's productive but maybe not the uh, top of the uh, top of the price range 
All right, Scotty, great stuff as always. We'll do it again next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Andy. All right, that was Scott Collin from tsn.ca, a must-follow on Twitter, at TSN Scott Collin. We'll take the break. On the other side, we'll have Behind the Helmet with Winnipeg Blue Bomber defender Jamal Westerman and my Week 8 game picks. A lot more coming up here in CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Football season is here and Domino's has you covered. Hungry? Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carry out deals at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. We have your complete meal including delicious side dishes and desserts. Check out our $7.99 mix and match offer that is something for everyone including two two-topping medium pizzas, mouth-watering pasta, amazing chicken wings, bread sides, and don't forget to try our irresistible marbled cookie brownie. See all this and more at dominoes.ca. You're listening to CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, delivered by Domino's on the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap up another edition of CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AndyMC81. A quick poll update, uh, our, our Twitter poll question of the week, again, at AndyMC81 is, what will happen first? The undefeated Edmonton Eskimos lose, or the winless Hamilton Tiger Cats get a W. Eskimos drop one is leading the way, so that the Eskimos lose first, up over the Tiger Cats winning uh, so far. So you can still vote at AndyMC81. What will happen first? Eskimos lose, or the Tiger Cats win? All right, behind the helmet time, and I had a great chat with Winnipeg Blue Bomber veteran defender Jamal Westerman. Here's my chat. Jamal, welcome. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. So let's kick off behind the helmet so CFL fans can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, ready to go? Uh, let's do it. All right, let's go. Best place to eat food on the road? Oh, best place to eat food? Ah, oh, Montreal, man. I had a good mm. time in Montreal. I got to go out for dinner, and uh, I think the food there is very good. There's a lot of different types of food, a lot of cool little spots to go to the you know, to catch dinner with the, with the guys on the team. So I think Montreal had a good time. But I'm interested to see you know, what the other places have to, have to offer. You know, I haven't had any bad experiences, but that's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, the smoked meat in Montreal is pretty sweet. That's uh, that's always a good choice. Uh, all right, you can grab one artist for a road trip. What singer or, or group are you taking along? Uh, one artist for a road trip. Mm. Most people will go with Drake, but I think I'm going to go with Kanye West. I think, he's, you know, nice. has a lot of different type of music. You know, sometimes he has the turn-up music and then the... <laughs> The slow music and a lot of different things. And I think he's very creative. <laughs> I think I'll go with Kanye. Nice. An all-time favorite song. Could be from Kanye or anybody else. All-time favorite song. All-time favorite song. Oh, man. Oh. It's tough. All-time favorite. That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. Maybe Power by Kanye. Okay. Uh, that, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, listen, only the toughest questions here on Behind the Helmet. We, we get to the bottom of it, Jamal. We get to the bottom of things. All right. Behind the helmet, inside the helmet. Yes. Yeah, inside, my... <laughs> inside your brain right now. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> What's your pre- and post-game meal? So before the game and then after a win. Uh, before the game, you know, like, you know some uh, grilled chicken, a little bit of pasta, you know, a little bit of vegetables. And after the game, I eat whatever's in sight. You know, <laughs> once I get my protein shaken after the game, I feel like, you know, I've earned the right to eat anything I want to eat that, that night. So yes. I eat a little bit of everything and whatever I can get my hands on after the game. But before the game, keep it kind of light, you know, nothing too saucy, nothing too heavy because, you know, you don't want to go out there feeling heavy and a lot of different things, 
you know, sloshing around your stomach <laughs> while you're rolling around on the field. That's right. Uh, favorite off-season vacation spot to go to? Oh, off-season vacation, off-season. I got an opportunity to go to Jamaica today, and hmm. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I mean, this year, and I enjoyed it a lot. So I think, you know, that was that was fun. Uh, and I try to, you know, mix it up every year. You know, try not to go to the same place twice and just try to see more of the world. And that's the one great thing about the CFL offseason is the length of it. And you have an opportunity to, right. opportunity to go around and visit different places and, you know, hang out with different teammates in different spots. So I'm, you know, always looking forward to, you know, just seeing new places, experiencing new, new cultures and new foods. Awesome. In conversation with Jamal Westerman of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here on Behind the Helmet. Okay, your top movie and TV show all time. Oh, all-time movie. Mm, that's a good one. Bad Boys is always a good one. That's solid. You know, I think I think Bad Boys. You know, can't 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 beat you know Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, little action, <laughs> little little comedy. Yeah, that's always that's always good. Top TV show. See, I'm a, when it comes to TV, I watch a little bit of everything, so I can't say there's one top TV show. But there's been a lot of good series out there recently that that I've gotten into. You know, Daredevil is the one that I've been into. Sure. Of course, Game of Thrones. You know, that, that's crazy. Don't you know, spoil so. it for me. Uh, you know, you miss, you're missing the episode, man. You got to get on it, man. I you don't want to fall too far behind. I know. If you're on Twitter, somebody's going to mess it up for you. It's so true. All right. If I wasn't a football player, another sport I'd want to play professionally would be? Hmm, if I wasn't a football player, I don't, think I'm too, I don't think I'm tall enough for basketball. I would love to play, you know, professional cricket. Professional you know, my cricket? from the islands, and I've, and I've watched cricket before, and it looks like fun out there. I, oh. I know those are long days, those long games that keep going and going yeah. and going. But I think cricket would be fun. You know, that would be a fun sport to play. Give it a shot. Yeah, why not? Uh, if you had to play on the offensive side of the ball, what position would you want to play there? Offensive side, you know, oh, I, I, I'd definitely be, you know, an old lineman, maybe a center. The center oh. don't really block anybody. They always get help and just slide around <laughs> and hit guys when they're not looking. And, you know, they can do all the, 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 the dirty things and they're hitting you when you're not looking and just there. So, center, you know, just, just sit in the middle and just snap the ball and just slide around. Awesome. couple more for you here. Uh, what about away from the field? What career path do you want to follow once you hang up the cleats? I think once, once I'm done playing, you know, I, I want to stay involved in the sport. I'm not sure if it's coaching, not mm. sure if it's um, – scouting department, GM, or even maybe in, in, in the collegiate game, maybe, you know, you know, athletic director's office or something like that. I mean, I love the sport so much that I do want to stay around this game of football and, you know, continue to, you know, not only help, you know, teams grow, but maybe help develop a team or build a team. So, you know, that's the one aspect that I've, you know, over the years have really been interested in and, you know, or even broadcasting, you know, oh. I, I had an opportunity hey to call some games and call, call some sports and stuff like that. I've had a good Good time doing that. So just being around the game is always a passion of mine, always a dream. Well, you got the great energy for it. Last one for you here. Best thing about being a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? Oh, definitely the fans, man. I mean, just being in the city, I mean, the fans are always behind you. They know who you are. They, they show you a lot of love, a lot of respect. And, you know, you know, get a couple free dinners out there. You know, when we win, <laughs> that's not too bad. And, you know, it's a fun city to play in, and it's always fun to play in front of fans that are very knowledgeable and they love the game and they're diehard and passionate. Excellent. And a beautiful uh, stadium out there, too. That's a great, uh, that's oh, a great man. spot. That stadium, this facility is fantastic. Yeah. And I tell anybody, you get an opportunity to go out there and check it out. It's top-notch. It's definitely one of the best in the CFL. Jamal, thank you so much for taking the time. Appreciate it. No problem. Big thanks to Jamal Westerman there from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Okay, let's get to my Week 8 
picks. Edmonton into Ottawa facing the Red Blacks. Desperation time almost for the Red Blacks. Edmonton keeps overcoming all of these injuries. Listen, I'm going to take a similar approach to both the Edmonton Eskimos and the Hamilton Tiger Cats this week. Until one loses and one wins, I'm going to keep rolling with them. So I'm going to say Eskies on the road, down the Red Blacks in a close one. Toronto, Montreal, this all depends on Ricky Ray. If Ricky Ray plays and can stay healthy, uh, I give the edge to the Argos. If, boy, if, if not, and I don't think he, he'll be used fully. Uh, Alouettes have shown they're good enough. And at home, I think we see a tie at the East Division after Friday night. On Saturday, Tie Cats, Winnipeg, Blue Bombers, Blue Bombers. In Hamilton, uh, again, they need that win, but until they actually prove they can put up a W, I'm not betting against Matt Nichols and the Blue Bombers or the foot of Justin Medlock. And then the home-and-home home series, the second half, BC Lions into Saskatchewan. The Lions are rolling right now. I think it'll be closer than the 30-15 to 15 drubbing the Lions put on uh, the Rough Riders, but I'm going to go with the BC Lions on the road. All right, those are my Week 8 picks. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network, delivered by Domino's.